Welcome to House Common Blood, where strangers are family. Every episode contains graphic content, including, but not limited to, copious amounts of blood, unnecessary cursing, death of all ages, be they infants or mortals, fantasy drug use, nudity, mentions of sex, and sound effects of various qualities. Cannot stress enough that this is mature content with adult themes. You have been warned. Anyone got a light? Welcome to House Common Blood. I'm your I'm Gray, your DM and host, and we are a D&D 5e podcast currently playing the adventure Hangman March of Storms. This story follows a group of misfits facing sentient calamities threatening to, to destroy the world, led by a Genasi army called the Rebirth Bastion. In a nutshell, our party of former prisoners, once used for covert operations by Giuliano's government, embarks on a journey. They have confronted an emotional vampire controlling the town of Sham, which was made of a thinking slime mimic, Sentient Calamity. After a fierce battle, they defeated the vampire, but not without consequence, such as a curse from a hag, as an example. Having broken free from imprisonment, the group sets off, even delivering cookies to another hag. However, one member of the party is cursed to kill a living seal, leading them to a dungeon with a burial site for Tarask. This dungeon was created by an architect wizard turned elder brain named Dylan. To break said curse, they agreed to an unusual pact, transplanting the elder brain of a wizard into the skeleton of a Tarask. Adding to the intrigue, a fire genasi necromancer named Phoenix, serving as lieutenant to Infernalex, the Ashbringer, this very necromancer who tried to free the undead Trask has been defeated in the Grave of Ill Omens. I'm joined here today by my players, Mega. Well, I am Mega, and I play Eddie, the bastard class Otter Triton boy. I also play Eddie, and I play pretty much any other similarly named character. Along with Nita. Hi there, Nita here. Uh, I play Olia Oblak, the human cleric sorcerer. Along with Rakuzin. Hello, everybody. I am Rakuzin. I play Mavet Sohafi Dosh, the tranquil monk spore druid. And finally, Moo. Hello. I play a person that's always on fire, aka a fire genasi artificer slash alchemist, who is very much hated in this world. So let's start off where we left off here. So let's go over this uh, map here. XP has been delivered to everyone. You guys got all that juicy, juicy nonsense. And these skeletons are all dead. To explain the situation right now, inside of this grave, we're on a slope, a very steep slope, almost mountainous. We see the large body of the Trask slumped up against this uh, slope with uh, a, 
a cascading waterfall and river going on both sides of it with a large magic red circle beating a uh, uh, crimson red. You guys are in this grave. What do you do? Honestly, I think my choice would be to check the body of this Genasi fellow. There is nothing left. He is but ash and dust. Right, I forgot Eddie did the Eddie treatment. Well, even if he didn't do the Eddie treatment, that's typically like how these beans die. Uh, in particular, like uh, when they're augmented. They don't leave a body, a trail. They just become one with the elements. Fair enough. I was just hoping he had some info. Regardless then, maybe first take a seat down before I was banished, beat the shit out of, banished again, and then look around once more. Uh, hey, Seer. Yes? A question. I like... They call themselves the Phoenix, right? Is that, like, figurative or literal? If you're worried, why don't you put them in a bag that could, I don't know, suffocate them? Or put them in a jar and see what happens. I think it might be a good choice to take the ash. Right, chill, you know what? I'll put them in my room later. Then for the time being, I'll help you secure the remnants. And I will help Eddie collect the ash of this person who might come back as a phoenix, but he might die as he explodes out of a jar. Yeah, you uh, collect the ashes. And now, I don't want to loot the room, but I basically want to look around to see if anything worth, because, like, I ain't going in that circle. That circle's scary. I mean, it is a good question, though. It's like, like, uh, his, uh, because, like, his, his body, obviously, like, uh, turned to ash, but, like, did anything else on his person stay around? Oh God! Uh, you're you're asking for loot. I am so unprepared for this situation. Uh, whatever shall I do but reveal a loot sheet to everyone? Um, here you go. This is what you guys find going around on his body around in this area. Uh, the general loot uh, under the loot section, such as uh, the black pearl, the carved uh, ivory statuette, uh, the copper chalice, so on and so forth. This is uh. General loot that you uh, find around in this area. Um, what's interesting is what's on the man's body. And that is a brooch of many sizes, a necrola uh, necrolace, and uh, his circlet that's on his uh, uh, ceased corpse. You also have potion of greater healing and, well, three uh, vials of potions of uh, uh, greater healing, along with a uh, purple worm uh, venom. Um, let's go at, uh, with this one at a time. I'm going to leave the sheet open. You guys can drag and drop this onto your sheets as you see. Or we can put this into uh, the party uh, uh, inventory for now. But uh, yeah, let's uh, talk about the main course here. The, this is the most interesting for me is uh, the Twin Mind Circlet. This, in uh, this intricate crafted uh, circlet is adorned with two gemstones, one on each side each emitting a faint, synchronized glow. When worn by one character and attuned to another, it allows the wearer to tap into the collective focus of their attuned partner, granting the power to concentrate on two spells at once. However, the attuned partner, known as the bearer, assumes responsibility of maintaining concentration on one of these spells. Now, that's just a little bit of the flavor text to give you an idea of what it is, but we can go out into detail here. Mechanically, uh, these are the properties. While tuned to the twin mind circlet, 
The wearer can concentrate on two spells simultaneously. The wearer designates which spell they personally concentrate on and which spell the bearer concentrates on when both spells are cast. When the wearer casts a concentration spell, they can choose to have the bearer concentrate on it instead. The bearer must willingly accept this responsibility. If the bearer takes damage, they must make a constitution saving throw with a DC of 10 or half the damage of the uh, uh, half damage taken, whichever is higher, to maintain concentration on the spell they were instructed to concentrate on. If the saving throw fails, concentration is broken and the spell ends. Now here's a little bit more to add on to it beyond uh, being able to concentrate on two spells. As a bonus action, either of the attuned creatures can activate the circlet shared vision ability. When this ability is activated, both creatures can see and hear everything the other, uh, the other sees and hears up to one minute, as long as they're on the same plane of existence. The shared vision is limited to a range of 100 feet from either creature. The creature can end the shared vision as free action. This feature can be used a number of times equal to each attuned creature's intelligence modifier added together, uh, recharging after both attuned creatures complete a long rest. Twin Mind Circlet fosters a deep connection between the wearer and the bearer. While the shared vision is activated, the attuned creatures can also communicate tele- uh, telepathically with each other, sharing emotions and simple thoughts without the need for spoken words. The circlet must be tuned by two creatures. One as the wearer, and one as the bearer. Both characters must expend an entombment slot for the wearer to gain the benefits of the circlet. The wearer can choose choose to use the reaction to transfer any amount of damage between 1 to 15 to the bearer. This feature can be used a number of times equal to the the wielder's, or sorry, the wearer's uh, proficiency modifier, recharging on the dawn of a new day. Almost done here. <laughs> if one uh, tuned creature makes a intelligence or wisdom saving throw against the effect or spell, both creatures suffer the effects of the saving throw. Uh, and finally, the twin mind circlet functions differently if the bears are undead. This doesn't sound interesting to you. This thing's worth 8,000 gold. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, great benefits, but holy shit, the downsides are pretty insane. It is. That's why... Uh, if you really want to go the full mile with this, uh, find some undead. Be a necromancer. Live on the wild side. That At least that one's the highlight to me. Um, again, if anyone uh, wants any of this loot, the loot sheet is also in the journals tab. And everyone has access to a drag and drop onto their sheet. Whatever remains on here, I'll just drag onto a uh, party inventory. Um, to quickly go over uh, the other two, uh, the necrolace. Uh, This essentially allows uh, you to absorb a life energy of creatures you slay. When you reduce a smaller or larger creature who's hostile towards you to zero hit points, then uh, the necklace emits a faint glow and gains one charge. Necklace holds up to three charges and uh, contains 1d3 charges when found. When, uh, sorry, you can expend one or more charges as a bonus action to turn death into life. You take 1d8 necrotic damage for each expended charge and heal another creature you see within 30 feet for twice the amount of necrotic damage you took. This damage ignores resistance and immunity. If this damage reduces you to zero HP, you're stable but unconscious. When this happens, 
the creature is healed for twice the amount of hit points you had remaining before you fell unconscious. An alternative form of healing. Finally, the brooch of many sizes. This metal brooch features a rotatable dial and can be used to secure a cape or adorn a piece of uh, clothing. While wearing the brooch, you can use an action to cast enlarge slash reduce spell, uh, targeting only yourself by turning the dial, either the larger or small, smaller figurine adorning the sides of the brooch. Once this property of the brooch has been used, it can't be used again until the following dawn. While under the effects of the spell, you can use a bonus action to overload the brooch by forcibly twisting the dial beyond its normal limits. When you do so, your uh, sizes, or sorry, your size changes by an additional category, growing either a second size larger if you had cast an enlarged spell, or a second size smaller if you've cast a reduced spell. Your size cannot be larger, or can't be larger than huge or smaller than tiny. By overloading the brooch and uh, your damage and weight are increased or decreased as if you were affected by the second instance of enlarge and reduce spell. When you reduce, uh, uh, when you return to your original size after overloading the brooch, you can't move or take actions until your next turn. Once the brooch has been overloaded, it can't be used again until seven days have passed. That is the equipment you find. Poison does poison. The healing does healing. <laughs> oh, thank you for telling me the difference. I thought the poison was excitingly to be like, oh, Leah, drink it. It'll heal you fully. Mm -hmm. That would have been a really bad thing for a doctor the, the to po say. The poison's insane. It's 12d6. Oh. It's, it's insane damage with a high constitution. But again, one use. So it, it's, a good, it's a fucking good poison. <laughs> Anyone else want the necrolace? No. no not for Leah. No. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take the Black Pearl, since that helps with an Identify. Just saying. Black Pearl, having another pearl if I lose my pearl is nice. And honestly, I was thinking, like, uh, at the very least, the, uh, like, uh, that brooch we would also give to Mavet, because I think he would have, like, more of the benefits mm -hmm. as far as, like, the need to, like, uh, possibly, like, a uh, grow size. Siphoning lives is a giant. Bam! Bam, bam, bam! I mean, I could be wrong. You might not be interested at all, Mavet, but I'm just throwing it out there. Well, no, when reading that, I figured out of everyone, I would be best to use it. But it also depends. It's 4,000 gold. So if we can find someone to buy it, that's a lot of gold for everyone. I mean, I don't mind selling the circlet because those are some heavy uh, cons. I mean, I can make the circlet work. Yeah? I'm the, I'm the concentration person that needs it to concentrate a lot. Okay. Plus, I don't need to make you the bearer, or anyone a bearer. I can make my homunculus the bearer. Oh, okay. So, honestly, it's pretty awesome on my end. But I kept quiet about it because I don't know if Eddie wanted it. I mean, the thing is that, like, because, like, we're both concentrators, and, like, like and, and, like, actually, even, like, a level from now, like, uh, I'm going to be concentrating all, pretty much all the time after that point. But, um, it's like, at the same time, it's like, uh, what were all the negatives again? Like, uh... Very much the downside of it is that you have to share it with someone. And ultimately, what makes it terrifying is the fact that, you know, if you fail a save with the other one, like, if it's a mental or wisdom save, you both fail. Just to clarify, uh, the creature must be, uh, uh capable of attunement. But, uh, the downsides are, Eddie, 
is uh, uh, two attunements for one item for from uh, two separate characters. Um, you uh, share a saving, uh, or you don't share a saving throw, but you share the effects of a saving throw. So, uh, both uh, creatures are affected when making intelligence or wisdom saving throw from an effect or a spell. Um, See, the thing is that, like, because uh, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and remind you that... Um, uh, that basically if a creature has a stat block, it's like, uh, at least within the DM's interpretation or like within reasonable interpretation, uh, a creature is capable of attunement. I did not know that, but that's good. No, it is why here's an example. I, my homunculus is very able, capable of holding an attunement, but like, let's say I did an animated object. It's, I could have it do an attunement, but it's not exactly in the spirit of the game, from what I could say. Well, Animate Object doesn't even have an attunement to begin Like, it doesn't have a stat block to begin with. But... That's, that's what I'm trying to get at. That's the difference. Like, Tiny Servant is another one. It has a stat block technically, but not really. I will note, though, that uh, you would be putting... Because, like, I, I, know, I, I know what you're going for with that, but the problem here is that uh, it like it is the the reverse stuff that is going to like put a a damper on that uh, especially because like a lot of mental saves tend to give something equivalent to or straight up the incapacitated condition and that just like shuts down concentration period anyway and i'm not sure if you've like uh, looked at uh, the the stats of uh, uh of your homunculus servant recently but uh, their mental saves aren't that great. I mean, that's kind of why you could do the tricky, annoying, scary thing that some people do. I've seen them do it with a pseudo dragon. I've seen them, a lot of people do it. What they do is they basically just never let the creature out into combat. <laughs> Very much it's like, no, like, no, seriously, it's a strategy because like the homunculus I could send off a mile away and I could concentrate on the spell if I really wanted to. That's kind of the benefit. It would sucks that I wouldn't have a homunculus around, but then again, holding two spells is kind of nuts. But that's also I want to check with you, Eddie, because I know that you can very well utilize. This is be this is like an item that I know that you can abuse the shit out of. Well, it's also kind of just the situation of like, at least from and more from like a game ethics standpoint. It's like uh, I don't think I would really want us doing the homunculus thing because it's very similar to what people try to do with familiars with other features it's like a, and i and i disallow those in my game i am a okay with that because you know me ethics wise it's, it's the same it's basically the same kind of conversation that i've had with like bag of holding shenanigans which is like i don't like going into those because i don't think they should work like people try to do them as mm-hmm then ultimately, in the spirit of the game, Mega, I won't do the homunculus thing. Do you want to hold the circlet, or should I? Because I, if I use it, I could use it a lot. Uh, actually, remind me, like, uh, which, um, like, uh, which concentrate, like, which two concentration spells, like, would you really like to have, like, at the same time? Well, besides haste, which is a really good one when you want to, like, make someone fly around or run around super fast. Um... Honestly, the horrifying combo of Ashigen Stride. If not that, I have other things I could work to, such as Spider Climb with haste and stuff like that. 
I have other spells such as Hands Ability, Enlarge, spells that can outlast. I also have Heat Metal, and if I had someone that could fly away, they burn the person forever. I have a lot of potential spells. I also have Kinetic Jaunt, that could make a lot of chaos. Basically, a lot of support spells that I would give to someone else, and then they could repack it, uh, reap havoc. It's seeming like a lot of this is going to be experimented on me. We have the enlarge, enlarging brooch, and then casting haste, and all these ex, extra stuff. Yeah, a lot of fun stuff, and more items to divvy out. Um, people start going haywire, start t- uh, dragon dropping. Well, you guys will have to carry stuff. I don't really have a backpack. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like carrying stuff. Yeah, I'd say, I would say, uh, like for the time being, um, uh, it's like, uh, cause like, cause I think between the, like, like amongst the party, uh, the two of us have like both like, like one, like the best uses for the circlet, but then also we're both more primed toward being able to make concentration saves when we need to. So, so I would say like, like a we'll hold on to the individual cir- circlets and for the time being it's like uh since i'm still waiting for like my like my prime like a concentration spell even though i do have concentration spells currently it's like uh like i would uh like i would totally support like uh, eddie for the time being being the bearer it also comes with the side benefit of because eddie is more mobile than seer it's like uh eddie could actually like go to different places like uh like a more easily and possibly be able to provide information even outside of message range <laughs> yep is absolutely correct the effective use of it sounds good then that i will hold the circlet and make you the bearer um we'll deal with attunement in a little bit but yes definitely keep it on you and uh we'll deal with uh, uh the attunement slots um we still have uh, the brooch and uh, the loot table, along with uh, the healing potions, the venom, and just the generic uh, loot that's worth a fair amount of money. Yeah, it's like, uh, uh, but yeah, like, uh, my bet, again, um, uh, unless you're disinclined, like, it's like, uh, I think you should at the very least hold on to it. And if you know what, we're not using it that much, then we can sell it later. But like, uh, I just think, like, you know, like, uh, you could benefit from having access to it. I'm down for a huge Mavet. <laughs> Or tiny Mavet. Well, I could do that with a spider. Well, spiders also can't punch things. But do I really want to be punching things tiny? What am I going to do? Square it with an ant? Or those hedgehogs? I mean, look, look. We don't know what's coming in the future. <laughs> you might have to punch an ant. Good possibility. You're like the one. You're like the one party member that has to go into the ant hill. You got to pose as an ant and you know get with the queen. Alright, I got it. My thing's resolved, so I got the circle and the pearl now. It just took its time to update. Uh, and we said uh, the rest of the loot is going towards uh, Mavet as a uh, pack mule. Doesn't have a backpack, so yes. Make him carry it in his arms. I mean, since Eddie isn't really holding on to much for... Actually, wait. Uh, we can actually have uh, Aluya hold on to stuff because she has the higher strength score right now. She also has the bag of holding. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, is the bag of holding active right now? <laughs> I never turn it off because if I do, Aluya explodes. <laughs> I can tell you exactly which items I have made and am making it so that you guys always have. Okay. Uh, potions, venom, brooch. All that for the brooch. Yes, sir. I'll take the poison because I feel like I could turn it into something. Okay. I guess Eddie holds on to the potion question mark. <laughs> 
Three potions, I think. Yep, three potions. Greater healing. I'll forego a potion. And it goes into your inventory, sir. All three. All good. That's all of the junk. Let's get back to the RP here. So, as you guys are looking around, you know, uh, doing the generic loot scene, like uh, uh, these uh, uh, piles of goods here and there, because uh, he, he didn't have this loot on him, like uh, the legitimate loot of uh, the statuettes or, uh, you know, the non-magical uh, valuables. That was just random junk that is your treasure. As you guys are getting assorted here, an hour passes by, attunement goes, uh, any short rest you guys want happens. Where there's no more combat for today. The uh, terrace skeleton that you guys are uh, looking at here it is bound by this uh, magic circle, and you can see it writhing and moving. And as you look at it, it just can't leave. It can't can't do much other than squirm. And on top of its head, on top of its uh, a skull, in a cruci- uh, in a crucified manner, you see the red locks of hair from a woman asleep what do you guys do i want to see if there's any bones on the tarasque in the length of a quarter staff are you telling me that you're gonna try to chip the uh, a bone from uh the tarasque because each part of its body is much larger than the quarter staff well no i want to see if it like it's like tiniest bone of the tiniest bone is about the size of a quarter staff if not i don't want to break it it it's tiniest bone is the size of you okay that won't work i mean like if i could throw this out there if he is really looking for something there could very well be a bone splinter lying about Mm -hmm. but yeah if you really want a quarter staff and flavor it uh, as like a a chip bone from uh, the trask yeah we can definitely do that that sounds cool i'll add it to my quarter staff and just change it to made of bone yeah and make it plus one because it is part of a trask Plus one quarter staff. You guys are in this grave. What do you guys do next? Well, how do I convince this woman to... I don't know. Uh, not die, but die. Maybe transfer over the uh, seal somewhere else. What was that? What was that third thing we needed to get specifically from her? I mean, we already got the horn. Um, The hopes, I think, of someone else. So I think the dream could be wrong, though. But then, like, how do we, like, get her dream or whatever? Maybe connect with her while she sleeps and you do your thing and suck it out of her somehow. I mean, that does make sense. I don't know about the sucking out part, but makes a lot of sense. It might be a full requirement to suck it out. I don't know. Like, the thing is, is that... This is a pretty open area. I mean, there might be someone else around here capable of being able to do such a feat besides Eddie. We encountered a small child that had the capabilities of showing us what they can do. And we're in an area that's protected. I mean, I guess, like, so thinks on it for a moment. You think we could, like, just like a really small room out of what's around? I think... If I had a day to rest, that would be possible, but right now, no. We could throw a blanket on top. Yes, maybe that could work. Just 
That's going to be a really intense hot box. We have a big enough blanket. If I don't, I know the others do have blankets. So we could just throw it on top. Maybe not enough to cover the entire boned creature, but at least you and the points to the woman. I don't think, like, the skeleton breathes, so... It is a Tarrasque, you never know. For now, though, that's the best I can offer plan-wise. Offers blanket. It's also not a normal blanket. It's a flame retardant blanket. Things they would have for, like, firefighters, because seer burns things. I mean, that does actually help. Uh... <laughs> so, just to clarify, it's just a generic, non-magical blanket. It's not the uh, cloak you've been wearing. No, I'm wearing a, not the cloak, but the thing is with, you know how I always flavor seer, like, has to be careful where they sleep? Think of it, it's like those firefighter blankets where it's very much like there to make it so that you don't die from a fire if it rolls over you. They're like silver lining blankets. They're really small. Yeah, no, it's like they're, they're, they're specifically designed to separate the air underneath from the air outside. It's actually like the perfect hot box, like a jerry-rigged hot box situation for Eddie right now. This is actually dumb how this works. Also, um, I could uh, put the fog cloud up to help obscure it for an hour, if need be, if we don't have enough blankets. Eddie turns to Seer. So yeah, I'm gonna like, get ready, I guess, so just, yeah. I'll just, I'll put it on top of you. In which case, like, uh, Eddie, like, uh, begins preparing and like, is she still like, hanging or oh yeah she's hanging there are metal uh nails like driven through both of her hands and one through both of her feet she is legitimately crucified and is horrific and like uh it if you ever seen a person moving and bobbing from a nightmare that is her constant state of idol it's just her head moving back and forth you can see her eyes moving underneath uh, her eyelids well, this is going to be a little gross, but... I have seen worse, Eddie. I don't think there's something that you can shock me with. I mean, how would the ashen remains of an entire gang syndicate? I mean, I literally just ripped off someone's flesh to make for a cure. I also made things where you hang bodies upside down to make a potion that, if I remember correctly, made me turn into a child. Only thing I don't want to see is a spider with nine legs, and I'll be happy. I guess that would be pretty messed up if you were four, too. Carry on, then. Actually, how high is she hanging up? Is on top of uh, the the midpoint of the forehead on Trask is a very large bean, so I would hazard a guess a good uh, 45, 50 feet up. Just like a how high uh, relative to the skull itself, or is it just like, you know, like a... Like, her, her feet could be, like, really close to the lore question mark of the... To keep this easier for myself, she is 45 to 50 feet off the ground, and I'm going to say that is uh, yeah, uh, straight on the forehead of the beast. Not quite the tip top, not the middle, not on the snout. It is just on the dead center forehead where the brain should be. I need to use the brooch. In which case, Eddie will fly up uh, with the blanket. <laughs> yep. We see an otter flying. <laughs> I'll be thy otter's name. Uh, and he floats in front of this woman. She wears a, uh, a fur jacket. What do you do? Uh, which case, Eddie is going to kind of throw the blanket over themselves. And uh, since she's 
I, I guess like putting his like a ear up to her uh, mouth. Is she like still breathing or? She is breathing. It's just very faint breaths. Uh, well, Eddie realizing that, you know, like uh, it might be a bit slow if he did it the normal way. It's uh, like uh, as he's like making like the, the final props under the blanket, he's going to take a deep hit and the like like really deep. And then like over the next several minutes until it starts to uh, starts to function like he wants, it's like he's going to like yeah, do that, then like uh, lock lips with her and then breathe out into her lungs. <laughs> Nobody knows what's happening under that blanket except for Eddie and her. So it's <laughs> uh, remind me of Sonic 06 uh, get bad flashbacks. And I hate the fact that we created a Snow White situation with this, but I'm going to roll with it. You uh, begin to blow into her mouth. And uh, again, like, uh, let, let's go over a couple things here. Uh, uh, the the smoke itself is uh, from your drug. Is that correct? Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> Remind the audience what is the first step of your drug or the first effects of a uh, person smoking it for the first time. It's like, uh, well, I'm not sure how much uh, she'll be feeling it, but... Um... Like, uh, in these first stages, uh, like, uh, Eddie is starting to feel like, uh, as though all of his senses have opened up. Like, uh, he is seeing things more vividly, hearing things more vividly, and even now the clothes on his, like, uh, fur are starting to, like, like, uh, be slightly irritating, but also, like, uh, with a little bit more time like uh more stimulating it's like uh, as is as it becomes increasingly more sensitive to like uh, their touch mm. just like just every like every sense everything like uh just simply becomes way more sensitive than normal <laughs> okay and uh as you see this uh woman like uh, breathing out the smoke coughing just again not waking up not uh, uh just trying to get a breath of fresh air we uh, see the magic sigil the crimson uh streaks begin to warble a bit turn into a bit of watercolor and we feel just a legitimate heartbeat of uh light that goes across this magic sigil and yeah i would say everyone is everyone around? Like, uh, it sounded like everyone was uh, talking before uh, Eddie uh, jumped up and started doing his thing. Like, move yourselves on the map. I want to see where everyone is. I mean, honestly, that's why I was like, un I'm basically like, if Eddie's flown up, Sears, like, not under them, but basically, like, standing nearby. Okay. And if is right by them, Sears going to stare at Aluya and being like, I'm going to be so tired after this. Yeah. I get that. You got beat the shit out of beforehand. Oh no, that I'm, I'm used to. I hope you understand that Genasis are not treated nicely. No, no, no. But never to beat you, Sir. Ever. I appreciate that. But what I was trying to get at, though, is that... No, I'm mentally exhausted. I know for a fact that I'm going to have to make a few bottles of disgusting corpse brew. I also need to make that staff. And it's just a lot of making things but you're so capable as this casual conversation is going on you guys are blinded by this light by whatever eddie is doing it's having some sort of effect it is obvious the ruins are shining uh, brighter you just don't know if it's for good or ill uh eddie you 
blow into uh, this woman's mouth, and it seems like uh, the air itself, the, the smoke itself, is a bit more weird than what you're used to. As in, your drug tastes slightly different now. Okay, what would you say it might taste like, <laughs> or closely? Let, let me uh, do a reversal on that question, actually, because th- this would help me answer. Uh, what was Eddie's uh, favorite foods as a kid? Or maybe his favorite sweet treat? Uh, you know what? As far as a sweet treat, you know, the, the idea popped in my head. I'm going to double down on it. It's like, uh, I'm going to say sea salt ice cream. It tastes like sea salt ice cream. Um, but yeah, no, that is weird. It's never really tasted like sea salt ice cream before. Um, some uh, Something weird is happening, as if the veil is getting thin. Not... Not that you're weakening the seal or anything. It just feels the veil right now where you are is getting weaker. What do you do, Eddie? Uh, he's still a bit taken aback, like uh, by like the weirdness of it. But he's going to continue because you know, like a like a by all accounts, like you know, there's not a whole lot of other options and. It's like uh, Aluya's life is literally on the line, so it's like uh, he continues. Uh, he continues further, like uh, in spite of this additional weirdness that he's not used to. Okay, so you go in for the second shotgun. Like uh, you breathe in a bit of smoke, breathe it into her. Just uh, continues the process, like waiting for the like uh, waiting for the next stage, so that we do what needs to be done. Okay, you. Breathe it into her, and she breathes it out. <sighs> As you uh, do so, um, I need to ask uh, everyone but Eddie, and I'll give you all a request here from Little Roller. Um, we're gonna make some will saves here. Sorry, wisdom. Never want to make me roll here. Okay, Seer so with the ten. Uh, my vet with the nineteen. And uh, Aluya with a five. All right. Uh, Mavet, tell me a sweet dream you've uh, had before. Seer and Aluya, tell me about your worst nightmares. Good God. Yeah, we're going to see how that plays out here. Mavet, you were recently born. What is your most uh, precious dream? My most precious dream is I've dreamt of a nice meadow where... I'm seeing smaller little mauvettes that look exactly like me, but of a smaller stature, all coming around, giving me hugs as I walk into the grove, and I feel a sense of warmth and happiness. Yeah, and uh, like even though you don't breathe, we see like uh, from your mouth, your orifices, like uh, we see a color like a, a rainbow of colors uh in the form of smoke begin to yeah basically puff out from you and paint the landscape uh differently like uh it's a little jarring but uh let's go off with the seer tell me about one of your nightmares oh that's rough because um i feel like the nightmares that would exist would be almost identical so i might as well say both i was trying to figure out it's like which one do i save them like they're both the same one so seer doesn't really like have a big imagination in the sense of like oh i'm imagining this bigger blessing of a thing you know ultimately it's her reliving 
two horrifying events all the time that she has experienced. One was when she was first born as the Genasi, and the other time is when she encounters that person. But basically, the dream is always the same, where it's either in an ice, I um, it's always in an Arctic setting where basically Sierra's running away from basically a monstrous threat, which led to her finding refuge in a glacier. And as this creature approaches, the glacier starts falling apart, making massive thunderous sounds all around her. The first creature, though, and this is why I say they're both the same, is very much a burning, twisted, horrific being that is hard to recognize, but it looks similar to Seer charging forward at them with such a relentless abandonment of their own safety that as Seer hides in this glacier thing, this creature is immediately crushed under it, still pot-clawing to its bitter ends. But the second thing that Seer remembers is basically being chased down by someone who very much hates her with a fiery passion. She is human, she is alive, but she wants Seer dead as she brandishes a sword of many elements to hunt her down. However, Unlike the one where it's crushed, crushed by glaciers, it just always ends before this person gets to them. Yeah. So as you begin to breathe, same thing as Mob Vet, uh, we see watercolor uh, in every color of the rainbow in the form of smoke coming out of your mouth and painting the landscape, much like a brush. And we see this weird clash between uh, a dream and a nightmare as the landscape begins to shift within this... Uh, uh, magic seal sigil area and yeah uh between a tundra arctic setting versus uh, a meadow plains rolling hills setting finally aluya what's your worst nightmare uh it's one that she's had many times before um she is back in that room uh seeing these poor charred bodies of these children just standing there and in shock and dismay and then as the bodies start to sit up and all in unison just point at her and oh, say what have you done um it, the the horror sets in and then out of nowhere her body is uh being pulled back by the uh the guards and you cut to a scene where she's now um on a, a, the top of a cliffside, she's chained to a boulder, and then you have the high members of the clergy there, but their faces are all charred, and oh the God. sky above is a um, is a storm, but it's not any storm that Aeolus would create. The sky looks like it's on fire, and they're all just chanting horrible things at her saying that she should die and they finally push their boulder off into the sea where she falls into and you just see her body sink slowly to the bottom gasping for air and that's where it cuts off give yourself inspiration that's super fucked up <laughs> damn i would have gone descriptive but holy shit i love that that was great all we're really missing is like you know, like uh, like the sounds of like uh, bells and like shame, shame, yeah, pretty much shame. 
Okay, it's safe to say when Aluya begins to breathe, like, uh, the environment around her, same thing as before, watercolor, uh, smoke-esque breath, exiting her mouth, uh, nose, and painting the landscape. It's really trippy. And, uh, the landscape, uh, clashes with the Arctic environment, the meadow, as a wood floor, I, I believe, uh, was, uh, the room in question. <laughs> um... But yes, uh, things are getting very weird out here. Let's uh, zoom back up at our boy, though. Uh, Eddie, we zoom back at you. As you begin to uh, uh, do this uh, shotgun, uh, yeah, she also has uh, a bit of colorful smoke that leaves her, which is a bit unusual. And as uh, she begins to uh, breathe uh, her colorful smoke, it looks more like... Uh, don't think literally, but uh, this is a, a bit of a window into her dreams as you see a familiar cottage. But again, you feel like you need one one more of these shotguns or something fucking crazy happens. Do you another shotgun? <laughs> uh, well, in for a copper, in for a pounding. I think that's how that goes. <laughs> uh, as he like, uh, does just one more... Uh, unlike before, we see an eruption of colorful smoke, this time more viscous like paint. And it splatters all over uh, your face, your body. You don't feel any actual contact, but it startles you. You uh, flinch for a moment. And same for all of you as underneath the blanket, you see a waterfall of uh, color. Uh, begin to paint over you. You all flinch. Everyone closes their eyes for a moment, squints. Then, as you open your eyes, we see that we're at a familiar cottage. The world washes over you. It feels like there's that lightheaded, yeah, it's that nauseating drop. It is strange. Uh, items are a bit inconsistent. Like you touch a chair and it slightly begins to melt. You breathe, and instead of seeing, say, a little bit of your breath from the cold air, see, yeah, you, you breathe uh, color. The fire itself does not warm you. It just makes you more cold. The cottage is dark, then Granny's cottage. You see the table, dead center, with chairs uh, open for everyone to sit at, along with a lion rug on the ground. What do you guys do? All right. This is definitely new. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Are you guys like actually here or is this like, hold on. What was the last thing you remember? Well, I'll tell you this. I'm glad to be here than where I was just a moment ago. So I'm good. The last thing I remember seeing besides what I remembered was rainbow waterfall. Okay, I didn't see that, so... Okay, you guys are actually here. <laughs> also, I'm really sad I missed out on the rainbow waterfall. I'll make one for you later. In that case, I guess we're all in that girl's brain. Wicked. <laughs> so, this is your capabilities. Fascinating, actually. But... Like I said, this is a little new. Like, usually you guys have to breathe with me to, like go in so wait were you huffing and i didn't notice no but i do agree that this is a strange experience 
Let me ask you this question, Eddie, since you have more experience compared to all of us. When you enter someone's dreams, what are the rules that we need to follow? Because i rather not accidentally die and then have my brain turn into mush or something. Well, like, I don't think a lot are going to apply in this case, but I guess if nothing else, just, like, try not to do anything too upsetting. It, like, it is their head, so, you know, that might have, like, a really that might like spread a really bad vibe and make it a little bit harder to like do stuff. Got it. Don't show myself them. I'll let you guys take the lead then. Well, um... once one strange thing it, that you guys do notice is you can't look outside the windows. Curtains are drawn. And we like leave notes in here. What? Like inception. Like if I write don't kill Oluya, she'll wake up and like Aluya, my friend, you won't die today. Like, Aluya, I think she's here. I think we could probably just talk to her. Right, right, right. So no notes. Hmm, okay. So what's Inception? I don't know. I heard it in a different dream, so... Right. Have you been, like, taking from my stash and not telling me? Oh, no. I mean, no. don't get me wrong. I would have given it if you asked, but I'm not sure if I'm big on stealing. Do so you want me to... Take a look to see if you're healthy. Are you having hallucinations, Aluya? I'm, I'm not that well. That dream was something. But no, I don't think I'm having hallucinations. Am I having hallucinations? Somebody pinch me. Pinches you? I know this is real. Well, actually, when you... No, hang on. When, when she does uh, pinch you, you, you don't feel the pinch. Oh, no, I... No, I don't feel anything. Probably because we're in what Eddie says, a dream. Which means I don't think we have forever amount of time. I think if we are familiar with this area. Eddie, am I wrong to say that the room that Granny had their daughter in was over here? Kind of pointing it to the upper top direction. Actually, no. Wasn't her room actually down there? It was over here, no? Let's do some exploring. All right, gang. Let's split up. I'll go find clues. You go find the killer. Seer will go back to the direction where they first found the cloak where Granny took them, so it's like, you go that way, I'll check if it actually reflects, and I'll come back. Oh my god, I love how fast everybody split apart. <laughs> let's, uh, let's focus on Seer for a second. As you uh, begin to enter in Granny's room, just as a reminder what this looks like, we see a very long master bedroom with a sofa... And a bandy set along, uh, uh, yeah, across from each other on each side of the room. At the far end of the room, we see a yeah, queen-size bed and a mannequin with a torn yellow fabric on the ground. The candelabra behind it begins to overcast it with shadow. Uh, the shadow is unnatural. As you enter this room, there's a weird haze... That goes over you, a bit of a migraine, a headache, and causes you to stop for a moment. And I think, uh, yeah, I think uh, at first you just hear uh, voices in your head. Eerie, it's your 18th birthday. It's time. Laura, I think I'm ready. I think I want to. Oh, shush, shush, dear. It's what we have to do. Imagine all the pain it could cause. Imagine. Imagine what the world would look like if we gave up our duties. 
yeah, I'm going to say this is unnatural for you because this is actually uncomfortable as the floor begins to feel hot, very hot. Although you have resistance and immunity to fire, it's never burnt to you this way before as, yeah, the ground feels essentially like lava. I, I think I can do it. Of course you can, dearie. And you see within the mannequin a glimmer of a tooth. What does Seer do? Oh, hold on. I gotta look, read something really quick just to make sure I get the wording right. You're dangling a carrot in my face and I'm loving it. Oh, okay. Yep, that's what it is. So, Seer does not run from an encounter like this. Instead, they would stride forward as I feel sometimes in the face of danger, and you guys already know this a lot, they risk too much to uncover a lot of knowledge. As you saw with the, you know, disarming traps and constantly falling into horrifying scenarios. Mm -hmm. So seeing the glowing tooth and hearing the voice where they're saying they're ready and seeing the cloth ripped to the floor. Um, the voice is over by the statue, right? Or is it just echoing in the room? It's echoing in the room, but you feel as you get, if you do move closer, that it gets louder the closer you get to the statue. That's the thing. I would have to strike closer. I would only stop if it is, you know, encroaching onto Seer's dislike of thunderous noise, yeah. as everybody already knows that. No, but your footsteps do get louder, and you swear it does sound like thunder the closer you get. Tip, tap, tip, tap, boom, boom, boom. And I, I'm going to say as you're 10 feet away from uh, the statue... You know that this this object, this this tooth, is somewhat important. You need to grab it. You need to take the step first. And you know this next step, it might be a little loud. It might be too loud for you. Oh, but they have to. They must know what this little knowledge is. It might help the group. It might help them. They take that step forward. Me will save as you hear the crackling of thunder. And it's not like it's in the distance. It's like it struck near you. Oh, okay. That's not bad. 14 is enough to overcome what what this what's happening. As you step forward and the tooth drops into your hand. And it doesn't seem like a human tooth. But it seems like a part of a whole. And as we see you linger and hold this in your hand, is there any like remnant thoughts that run through your head? Ed, or any solo roleplay you want to finish up on here. I mean, ultimately, as they approach and had to deal with the thunderous sound, I don't want you to imagine someone that is bravely walking to this thing. They very much, like, are shaken by it. They It shows, like, this very much, like, person that's just very analytical, kind of, like, act very much as if, you know, they actually legitly got stared. They shook a bit. They almost covered their ears. They almost did it, but they had to stay, like, concentrating on the thing. And once the tooth is in their hand, very much, this is not the same person standing there where it's very much like, oh, yeah, I'm analyzing things right away. They seem far more on edge as they just sit there go like, now that I have this, now I have this in my hand, what now? As they kind of, like, cautiously look around the room thinking, is it going to get louder? All right. And uh, we're going to keep you in place. I want you to stay in there, and we're going to move on to somebody else. I want everyone to imagine this is happening simultaneously, and I would actually encourage the party to separate. The other three, what are you doing? I was trying to enter in where I 
think Livy's room was. You try to open up Livy's room and it's just locked. It will not budge. You try to turn the doorknob and it it gives you no leave, uh, leeway. Uh, there is a keyhole. There is a locked room over here. I believe it was Livy's room. Can anyone open the door? Uh, how do you mean by open it? I don't know. Maybe a dream key or um, Mavet could punch it down. I don't know. I could probably go ahead and tell you that unless she would want the door to be punched down as a way of opening it, it wouldn't open like that. I will knock on the door. Knock on the door. Bunk, bunk. And I want to imagine like underneath uh, the door, we see a bubbling of red liquid and it begins to spread around your feet and it looks like a pool of blood. Uh, I'm going to t- take a step back from it. Um, uh, no, actually, put yourself back. I'm gonna need a check from you as well. It's gonna I'm be gonna a standing st- blood coming at me. Yep, you are gonna need a strength check if you want to get out. I will offer you the roll. Mm. How best to describe this? Your uh, toes, your foot begin to get sucked underneath the door, and with this unnatural motion, it pushes you to, uh, I would say, your right. As your foot and ankle go underneath the door, we hear the snapping of your bones and the twisting of your leg as you hit the ground. And you are being pulled in. <laughs> what was that? I said, wee! <laughs> yeah, wee. I cannot stress enough that your body is being forced a very uh, through a uh, very small hole, well, and uh, it is. It doesn't look good. Goodbye, guys. To the <laughs> you inch closer and closer, and I want to imagine like uh, the stopping point is around your uh, knee, as we hear just from the other side uh, dog-like noises. And just the chewing of flesh. You know what? This is better than my nightmare, so. I'm just asking. What what affirmative action do you take, Aaliyah? Well, First, I wouldn't have stood there like a dumbass while it was coming at me. Second, uh, hello, help, uh, gentle folk <laughs> over there. Uh, situation here. Um... <laughs> I think I'm being eaten alive from under the door. That doesn't make sense, but if you look, you'll see. <laughs> Why doesn't she sound that concerned about it? Hello? 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 Yeah. As you walk up, uh, Mavet, it, it's unnatural. Like, uh, her her skin is unnaturally, like, uh, squeezing underneath the door. And you see a pool of blood on her back and matting her hair. What do you do? Well, I'll I'll knock loudly on the door and say, "Can you stop? Can you stop <laughs> eating Aluya?" Just could you pull me in the other direction? <laughs> okay, so you knock and uh, Aluya. Uh, are you actively keeping your other leg away from the door? Like, what? Tell me your position. No, tell tell me your position because. Right now, imagine this. You're you're on either your side, your back, and like one of your legs is underneath this door and is pulling you in. I'm gonna try to move this way. <laughs> okay. 
how do you do that? Is your foot, uh, other foot on, on the door trying to push you out or you, you trying to like, uh, grab like, uh, the side, uh, the opening on the wall to try to pull? Like, what are you doing here? Mm, I'm going to, if I try and take out my spear, does that work? I'm going to use it to, yeah, just kind of sticking it in, pulling forward, sticking into the ground, pulling forward. Okay. And Mavet, you say you knocked on the door? Yes. Mm. You know what? I feel like it's a good time for this check as well after you knock on the door. Um, I'm gonna, let's do an intelligence, uh, check from everybody here. Except Seer. Oh, yeah, even Seer. It'd be more funny if she got this information. All right, everyone make me intelligence roll. Okay, Mavet, Seer, Luya, oh my god. Eddie. Not my best rolls today. I'm I'm gonna assume with, uh, Eddie, like, uh, I guess you'd be privy to this kind of information. Um... Not everyone seems to understand uh, the horror of the current situation, so I'll enlighten you a little bit, and I'll explain mechanically what will happen. Uh, Within the dream world, uh, things can be unnatural, unreasonable, and oftentimes deadly. Usually, when you die within the dream world, when you are sleeping, when you naturally come into the dream world, If you're in a situation, say, falling off of a cliff, or if you die, you wake up. You're not entirely sure if you'll wake up if you die. The dangers uh, within the dream and how quickly you can be killed should be dealt with extreme caution. Uh, Hey, Roz, just like, I mean, I didn't think I had to say this, but you should probably avoid doing things you would do in the real world. When you're trying to, like, not die. I knocked on the fucking door. What do you mean? That's a normal thing to do. So my suspicions of having my brain melted is pretty accurate. Hmm. I bet you knock I mean, on the you door. Also knocked, you also knocked on the on the door of a teenage girl. That's like asking to get murdered. <laughs> Seems like she wants me to blow her brain up, but could someone help? I have talked to plenty of teenage girls who are constantly yelling about how they want to blow their brains out. I can help her. I can you hear me? I could help you. As a person that likes to save lives and as a doctor, please don't. <sighs> Siri, you're outside of the scene. Mavet, you're knocking on the door. <laughs> we see an eye through the keyhole. It is unnatural. It is bright red. And uh, the pulling intensifies. <laughs> Um, again, if you're just knocking, Mavet, uh, Seer, this time you're gonna make a strength check at disadvantage if you don't have any help. We'll see what happens next. That's gonna suck. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Just to clarify, are you just knocking, Mavet? Well, I was knocking and saying, can you stop eating my friend? Okay, noted. Uh, disadvantage, <laughs> You gave it to me. Yep, threw it in your court. Oh, that was a natural uh, twenty. A natural twenty as well. Well, thankfully with the thirteen, it's not too horrible. As um, Aluya, it, it stops the hunger. It stops. Um, pull your leg out. Sure. Now she's mad. <laughs> My goal was to help you, but maybe I'm thinking other things. I don't know. <laughs> maybe uh, fuck the last fifteen sessions. Maybe I just kill you. 
<laughs> is so, there any food on the table? Yes, there is. I will get to that in a second. Uh, Aluya, you begin to pull out your leg. And as you do, we don't see uh, flesh. We don't see uh, bone. But it's the best way to put this. We we see uh, static. We, we see uh, the missing limb of the knee downward as just pure static, like a, a Tesla coil. A little bit of electricity going here and there. And... As you try to stand up, perhaps even see like what's happening, try to maybe put a little weight on it, see what happens. Your height is unpredictable with that missing limb. And support yourself, you can walk. It's just you're a couple inches taller, a couple inches shorter. It just seems weird and unnatural. I'm just going to hobble crawl towards <laughs> the couch. Hobble crawl. You see yarn. That uh, uh, Laura uh, would use. Avet, you're looking at the table. There is a there is a bit of food, and uh, as you begin to look around, you see an apple. An a- yeah, I'd say an apple, uh, a turkey laid out, and a chicken. Do you try to eat? No, Mavet looks over to Aluya. When when you're upset during that period of the month. Which one of these foods would be most appetizing to you? Mavet, I would answer you right now, but I'm kind of going through the motions, and I'm trying not to make this girl go pop. So, I'll answer you. Just give me a minute. Mavet will take the apple. Okay, you you take the apple, and all the food begins to rot. Even the apple? Yes, even the apple. Okay, then I will take the apple, and... Put it at the bottom of the door. You step into the pool of blood? No, I'm going to roll it over there. Like, to try to hit, like, the bottom of the door. Mm, Yeah, and it squeezes underneath. And you just hear that chewing sound. Aluya, they ate the rotten apple. I think they might be full from your leg, and that. That's a good amount of protein. There, there are other parts of the house that you guys can explore. There are three open doors that you guys can clearly see. What do you guys do? Uh, I guess after Eddie has given his warning, <laughs> which he didn't think he had to give. It's, uh... It was a knock on the door. Where is the warning? I don't understand. And, and, he, and he explained why that could be a deadly situation. <laughs> like she's like oh i'm gonna stick my spear in this door and pry it open she was hello hello so we got aluya on the couch uh it looks like uh good old uh eddie going to the south into the kitchen where is uh mavet going mavet will go to the red room okay um let's go with uh, eddie first it's been a hot second Uh, eddie go down a bit let's see uh, what's in that uh kitchen uh, teenage girls do seem to eat from the kitchen a lot. So as you uh, enter this uh, kitchen here, what we uh, see is a, a bunch of uh, cut up uh, vegetables. And among the vegetables, you see a severed finger. Within the pot, it is coming to roiling uh, boil. And inside of it is a mishmash of objects. And I feel like you hear a little bit of a whisper, but it's too faint. Uh, I guess Eddie will get closer to the pot. Yeah, you uh, begin to get uh, closer to the pot. Um, let me show you on the map here. 
pot would be on the stove here, coming to roiling oil. As you come closer to the pot, I feel like, uh, yeah, the voices hum a little louder here. Granny, I'm a little scared. Oh, it's okay, dearie. I was scared too. And it's just a few heartbeats. Bum, 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 bum. Are you sure? Are you sure this is the right thing to do? Oh, dearie. Yes, it is the right thing to do. On the count of three. Are you ready? Do you hold my other hand? I, of course, dearie. One, two. And you hear a deafening scream as there's just a flash of a hand being put within a pot of boiling water. And uh, for this in particular, um, yeah, uh, for Eddie, and I'm going to make this uh, a save a little bit just because this is a bit graphic. I'm going to need actually a wisdom save from you as well. And I'll make you the offer. Nine. (laughs) Nine. Um, with, uh, nine, I, I think, uh, what happens here? Yeah. Okay. Keep uh, a note of that. And I feel like there's an involuntary step back. And if we zoom into, uh, Livy's, uh, door, we hear the growling of a beast, uh, grow a little bit more intense. Nothing bad happens to you, Eddie. It's just, you don't have chill vibes anymore. This is, this is unnatural. As the pot begins to calm down, it is no longer a roiling boil, but you see clear water and, yeah, a thin shaft. It's a thin metal shaft. Uh, Eddie will actually reach his hand in to grab at the shaft. feels hot for a second, and I feel like that's the, not even the effects of the dream world, but the juxtaposition of what you heard versus what you're looking at and doing so you put your hand in it feels scalding hot your fur is burning then for a moment you're like oh this is just lukewarm but you grab the shaft and like after the screaming dies down you hear heavy panting heavy breathing and you hear livy and laura as uh, livy just says it hurts it hurts and uh Laura saying something along the lines of, You're ready, dear. The next steps will be heavy and hard. Door box. Mavet, we're going to move on to you. You said you're going into the red room? Yep. What's the safe word? Uh, funny joke. There isn't one. Um, Walk in, my man. All right. You enter into uh, the red room. It is as hor- hor- horrific as it was before. You see long carpet. The... uh bisected uh, a corpse of a man with uh, ribbons of intestines coming from the lower half out and uh, the body, uh, the carcass of a, a horse at the center of the room with an altar at the farthest end. A bunch of, uh, a bunch of these ruins are written in blood. And again, Mavet, you hear a bit of whispering. I would like to make my way towards the altar, not walking on the carpet. As you uh, begin to get towards the altar, it gets quieter and quieter. Then I will walk towards the horse's head. And as you look at the horse's head, you see like uh, these whispers coming from its mouth. You see it moving. It's a little, it's a little uh, disconcerting. But uh, you see it begin to speak as it says something along the lines of, uh, Do we have to do this to Grace? Yes, dearie. The only way to talk sacrifice must be made 
There must be other ways to get in. Please, we, we don't have to. Yes, dearie, we have to. Other way. Someone must be a host. Whether it be you, me, or in moments of silence. Grace. Take deep breaths, dearie. We've all gone through this. It's not easy. I don't think I want to anymore. The silence is deafening. I'm afraid you don't have a choice. And we hear the cry of a horse and a body hitting the ground. And Mavet, looking a gift horse in the mouth, you see a golden tooth. I will poke it to see if it's loose. You poke it, and ting, 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 it falls out. I shall grab it. You grab it, and the door locks. Luya, you're all alone. You don't even hear your friends anymore. The fire, besides giving you a little bit of warmth, is just making you colder. What do you it, do? Um, well, walking is an issue. <laughs> little bit. Uh, I'll go look for Seer, slowly. Walk. Where do you look? Oh, did we not see her go into the room? Yeah, you did. What room did she go into? I'm pretty sure it's over here somewhere. Your hand goes on to the door, and it is locked. And I kind of want to imagine we uh, cut to, like, Seer just still trying to get her bearings as this all happens simultaneously. And we don't hear a peep or sound of the doorknob moving or contact from Aluya. We flash cut back to Aluya. Well, knocking is not going to help me. <laughs> not going to knock anymore. Uh, she'll just call... Seer! Seer! The door won't open! As you call out, again, we flash inside and we don't hear a peep or a sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I see where the hell that he went. <laughs> slowly, slowly. Yep. Slowly. Slowly but surely. Again, Eddie's hand in the pot, try to open the door, and same result as before. He's gonna sit. He said, think. Hmm. Uh, Livy? Hello? Pardon me? I'm Aluya. You just ate me. I hope I was pleasant. Uh, could we have a chat? There's uh, one thing I did forget. That is with uh, Mavet. I'm also going to have you make a wisdom save. Woo! That roll? Woo! Uh, normal or disadvantage? Normal. Wow. Natural 20. Okay. Aluya, you're alone. You talk to yourself. And again, there is no response. You feel alone here. Well, Eddie said things would be bad here. Trying not to make things worse, but everyone seems to be in a locked room. And you see one open door right before you. Livy, hello. Just hear a growl, and you see the uh, little rubber duck around the corner quack at you. So good, so you can hear me. Okay. Um, (laughs) We can do uh, one growl for no two growls for yes or maybe one growl for yes two growls for no um do you think we're here to hurt you silence okay well we're not here to hurt you um do you think that you could release my friends please at the at the motion of release uh the friends i want to imagine a flash cut of like each of the rooms. First starting off with Seer's mannequin. Like uh, Seer as you're looking at this mannequin. You see the head begin to twitch. And turn. And rotate. Uh, for 
uh, good old Eddie, you see that a fire is beginning to start from the stove and begin to leak onto the windowsill and envelop the room. With uh, my vet, you see that the horse is beginning to turn around and become spider-like with its bone structure as it just slowly begins to stand. Someone said a trigger word, didn't they? <laughs> and we flash back to Aluya. Could you tell us what you want from us? Uh, we can talk to you while we're here. Because going into that room is like really suspicious for me now, considering what the fuck just happened to me. There is no response. God Silence. Damn it, Livy. I'm trying here. There's a reason for all of this. Uh, your ears are ringing, and it reminds you of the bells of your town. Oh, and that's as nice to hear. <sighs> no, uh, specifically, it was when you heard those bells on that fateful day. It is You do not have a good connotation with uh, these bells on oh, a very specific bells. day. Those ringing bells. I kind you know, just to make it distinguished, I feel like uh, perhaps uh, there, there's more rigor to them. Like uh, it's more constant while uh, uh, the regular bell tools that had to set them out. Like uh, for your day, for that heinous act, for whatever happened, the signifier was just going on for way too long and way too hard. I'll be right back. I'm going to check on something. <laughs> what do you check? Hang on. Try to open the door going outside. Uh-huh. Uh, could I deduce if this will be bad for me somehow? I Can can't I... tell you that information, but it is... It's not even darkness outside. Hold on. Hang on. Let's pause the game for a second. Uh, hang on. You're backing up a little bit. Say that you open the door and you start backing up. Outside, you see flesh-colored ground... Complete pitch black skies. Veins are popping. It is shades of white to black. You see a spectrum here. It feels like the world itself is breathing. Like you're in the belly of a beast. And as you open that door and begin to walk away, we see darkness begin to spread within the room. Like well, miasma. Close the door as soon as I If you want to try to close. Nope. <laughs> You're the one who backed away. I'm going based off your token here. So that's what you see. You backed away for a second. What do you do? Darkness is spreading into this room. Well, close the goddamn door. <laughs> close the goddamn door. Okay. And to close the door, it's a struggle. And the wisps of darkness are gone. What do you do? Oh boy, I wonder what I should call Livy. Damn it, you could not just talk to me or any of us. Well, here we go, you're getting it. Duck, duck, you saw me. <laughs> we tried to have a conversation. Okay, you enter the room? No, I take a big fucking sigh. I go, here we go. Okay, the door locks and you begin to enter the room. As you enter the room, silence not a peep not a chipper and the light for that room as well begins to dim as you become shrouded in darkness the candelabra begins to fade and die Luya, in this yeah. darkness what do you do 
Well, I'm afraid to do anything. If I cast light on myself, will that turn the beds into demons? I don't know. If you try to cast any cantrips or spells, you see that there's a bit of interference here. Hello. I assume I am not alone, but be cool. I I feel like there's a bit of an echo to your voice, even though the room is uh, relatively decent sized. Uh, There is a bit of an echo to your voice. I'm going to move to where I think I remember this and try and feel for it. Uh, The hole to the other room? No, the the wall here. Yep. I just want to feel for it just to kind of guide me along. Yeah. Put your hand on the wall. You begin to go forward. And as you're going forward here. Slam into the bed. (laughs) Again, like there's no whispers. There's no nothing here. Then as you get to the center of the room, you begin to hear a slight whisper. Though, so soft that you can't understand it. Uh, Could you repeat that? (laughs) I don't know if I'm going deaf or you're whispering. It's a constant chatter, but it's unintelligible. It's too soft. going to use my spear like a walking cane and tap it against the floor. Gently. The spear end up top. Yeah, you do so. Begin to walk forward. And as you get closer to uh, the windowsill, it gets a bit louder. You approach the windowsill. This is what you hear. I I don't think I'm strong enough. I don't think I I don't think I can do it. What do you think, Benny? And there's no response back. You feel like it's you know the, the image I should say. Like unlike the others, get the feeling of a girl sitting on the side of her bed talking to her stuffed animal. She's a very lonely girl. <laughs> You're right. I think I should be pressing forward. I mean, if I don't do it, no one else will. Unless you want to. Moments of silence. You're right. Deep breath. (sighs) I guess it's time. And lights come back on to the room. And for you, Aluya, you see a teddy bear arm beneath the bed. The lights come back on so I can see this? Or just enough that I can see this? Lights come back on. Uh, Which bed is this? Right uh, to your direct right, which would be east okay grab you touch the stuffed animal with the end of the spear gently as you do so you do see it also has a golden tooth which pops right off at that moment all the doors majority of the doors unlock it's gonna eye the teddy bear slowly move around it and see if she could leave the room everyone is free to move and leave the room don't i have a spider friend mm-hmm <laughs> Again, with all the weird shit that happened in each one of the rooms, the moment the lights just peered on, the horse fell, the mannequin stopped, and the fire just died. I take that as a sign of leaving. Yep. See, we'll go out into the main room again, holding the tooth. As Mavet reacts, as he sees Seer come through the door. <laughs> yeah, you all meet back into uh, the dining room. So I couldn't help but notice that something trippy happened while I was in there. <laughs> Did one of you, like, say something, or... I kept my mouth shut, because I don't think we're alone here, so I feel like my words would empower things. It was a very unpleasant experience. Who's to say what happened, right? I came <laughs> out of that room, too. <laughs> it definitely was Aaliyah, then. <laughs> I just can't help but stress this enough, but maybe in, like, more direct terms, but this isn't really the place to fuck around and find out. 
Look, nobody is doing these things. Uh, people are just trying to have pleasant conversations, knock on doors. Uh, I'm not trying to be rude. Rude would be like flipping tables and stabbing random stuff. Fear's gonna like walk over to Aluya. <laughs> like as they keep talking, and then it's Aluya, you just feel your face grabbed. Less talking, more just keeping it in your head right now. You don't feel the grab. But it, they have both their hands on your face. Yeah. She'll touch the non-existent hands, but, but they can see, but don't feel. And just do a thumbs up, then a thumbs down. I take that as you'll agree, but you hate the idea. Good. Thumbs up again. I'll let you talk to me. But for now, Eddie, I also got a tooth. Oh, yeah. Aluya, you need make a wisdom save. I found a golden one. Maybe I won the jackpot. Oh, like, was I supposed to find teeth? Because I found a shaft. I mean, I don't think it's required. I think we just found something in the room. So, um, put them together. Aluya holds up her tooth. I guess, like, see what happens when you bring it together. Although I do have a suspicion. I do, too. I can mend them together. Give me a moment. Try to use the mend cantrip, and it does not work. Um, but uh, putting the items close together, yeah, it does look like it forms a key. Maybe this goes to the horse. I think it goes to the door we couldn't open. That is a more probable answer. I think this is like giving us permission to enter. Then, might as well take advantage of it. Can I put the key back together? Yes, you can. And it looks like a key. All right. I'll give the key back to you, Eddie, because I can't give it to Aluya and Malvet, I think, is okay with you having the key. All right. He'll take the key. It's like, I guess is everybody ready for whatever's on the other side of that door? Aluya shrugs begrudgingly. All right. Then I'm gonna go over. The key in the keyhole unlocks. It opens. Now, I was secretly hoping it was going to turn into a keyblade. As you open the door, you see a round table near a window. The window is pitch black. And on the table's regents and a yellow leather chair. To the right of the room, we see a wardrobe. To the far north, we see a single bed with a small nightstand. I think we need to find the witch. We got the line in the wardrobe. I mean, it depends how you perceive a witch. As you go into the room, you see a bulge underneath the blankets. I know where this is going. <laughs> What's this strange music I'm hearing? Uh, I guess Eddie's going to start wandering over uh, toward the bed. Yeah, you wander towards the bed. And yeah, you can't see a head or anything. It's just completely enveloped in blankets. Eddie's going to like go wander over just like I guess the uh, hey would you like to come out here muffled what's the point what do you mean what's the point what's the point of coming out what's the point of staying in I think uh, the response to that is just to wait what are you waiting for for it all to end waiting for what to end everything the dream the world it's waiting for it all to end why do you want it to end so I can stop feeling so I can stop moving. We can just all stop. Go underneath the blanket. Mind if I sit? What does it matter? I mean, it's your room, right? Sure. Go ahead. Uh, 
Eddie will sit by the bulge in the bed. Mm. It's like uh, looking over. You know, believe it or not, you and I are kind of similar. Why? Do you like to stay in your room too? No, not quite. I mean, don't get me wrong, I like my room. That's not why we're similar. Both of us, well, both got kind of like a huge responsibility put on us, didn't we? I feel like there's a little bit of a squirming underneath the blanket. You can tell she's in the uh, fetal position, just embracing her knees. And, well, I guess up until recently, I didn't really want to feel things either. Or at least, none of the bad stuff. So much so that I didn't even really remember them happening. But what kind of like way is that to live, you know? Being scared of what's out there. Being scared of things that make us sad, make us angry, make us scared. Yeah, but they hurt people. Those feelings, it, it, it all hurts people. Just better if we just all stopped feeling feel like the room get a bit darker. I feel like, as you hear Seer speak up finally, that I have to make a small confession to the group, as well as to you, so that you can understand that doing so is not exactly the best. In fact, not livable. I say this is mainly because my goal in the end isn't exactly just to make the world better. It is to do something far more selfish. For myself, but also it's because what drives me forward is the strange emotions I feel, not for myself, but from the past me. And the reason why I describe it like this is because it's euphoric, addicting, it's a great feeling of joy, and I want to know why, where it's from. So when you say it's better to feel nothing, not true. We want to feel things. I know in my case, I want to know what this feeling is. And lastly, I very much want to feel exactly as I felt before I became me. feel like uh, the breathing underneath the blanket gets a little bit more rapid. I mean, I guess to say something to kind of like that, again, kind of up till now, I didn't really want to feel any of that bad stuff because, well, yeah, it hurt and it I didn't want to feel it, but at the same time, I wasn't growing, you know? I was just always the same from day to day, and that kind of sucks, you know? Yeah, yeah, I know. But we feel those hurt things because, well, kind of like when you skin your knee or you get like a really nasty bruise, it hurts, but the next time it happens, after the first anyway, it's... Not as bad as it was before, was it? As we got stronger, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Not saying that, like, it doesn't suck. Because, like, yeah, it just really blows. But we never know what kind of person we're going to be in the future if we stay how we are right now. If we just stay in our room and pretend the world doesn't exist. It's got to be what's out there and live our life the way we want to. I could also say staying in one spot and seeing the world slowly disappear is not as great as delving into the unknown, I would say. Or at least having a goal to move forward. So I guess, like, what do you want, Libby? What do you want most in the whole world that you can't do inside this room? I I want to 
want to go outside. I want to go outside so bad. And Eddie will actually, like, uh, reach out a hand. Why don't we go outside together? It's dark. It's, it's dangerous. There's, there's nothing out there. Her hand trembles to grab yours. Well, the world can be pretty dangerous, but you know what makes it less dangerous? What? When you have friends beside you to face the danger together. Yeah. You want to be my friend? Jeez. You see her, like, lip yeah, curling. You see eyes squinting. She sobs a bit, trying to get the words out of her, like, throat out of her. And she just struggles. So all you hear from her is, like, a cutout of please. Please! Yeah, let's be friends. As Eddie, like, reaches out, and if she allows it, he'll take her by the hand. Grabs your hands. What do you do? Yeah, if if uh, he if she'll allow him, like he'll kind of like start doing a, a like a light tug, like a toward himself, basically trying to encourage her to leave from underneath the covers, and she does so, You're crawling out of bed, and just follows you. Where do you go, yeah. my dear friend? Well, Eddie will start like a uh, leading her outside her room. As you get closer and closer to the door, her pace gets slower and slower, and the closer you get, it eventually comes to a stop. It's scared. Just squeeze my hand, okay? It, it hurts how much she's squeezing your hand. <laughs> <laughs> but she's squeezing it. No check, no damage, but it it hurts. She's squeezing it. Said we'll do this together, okay? Because that's what friends do. Mm-hmm. And again, like, starts leading her out. <laughs> the western like uh, entrance to the dining room yep and question is will the door open for him as he attempts to open it with his free hand the door opens and what you see outside is much like uh, what Aluya saw just fleshy round pure darkness and as you begin to walk outside you see yeah uh, the best way to describe this before you begin to act and do things is as, like, say everyone comes outside. This is what you all see. Inside of this darkness, this fleshy landscape of just ruin, nothingness in the abyss, we see just a volcano in the distance erupting. It's uh, smoke heating up the air and uh, the the smoke uh, petrifying all that it uh, crawls, uh, all that come through it, along with uh, grand oceans that begin to turn into whirlpools and just uh, uh, tsunamis. We see a mountain surrounded by a large tornado, its wind cutting anyone who so much as lays a finger on it. And finally, we see an earthquake, a tremor, a crevice in the ground begin to just tear open and just civilizations begin to become devoured by this. It's just so much pain and destruction in just this landscape, this world. And you just see that Livy is just, her breath is taken away, her uh, grip tightens. And there's just a small light that comes from your hand and from your words. And we see, like, although way out there in the world, it's painful, it's dark, it's nasty. Around all of you, 
even just on the porch, you see a couple pieces, uh, blades of grass begin to spurt a flower, a little bit of a soft breeze, the sweet smell of a, a distant ocean. Hey, I think I want to go back to my room. You've already come so far, though. I, I don't think I can keep going forward. There's nothing out there. And her eyes are fixated on what's far away rather than what's close to her. Uh, but look at what's right in front of you. It's down. He's a flower. It's a little bit a patch of grass. Hey, what's the point? Grass, flowers. At the end, it's just all ash and cinder. Uh, you know, there's something about the smell of a flower. Really, all the flowers. Some of them smell very sweet. Some of them, though, smell a bit nasty. I'm not gonna lie. But until you've smelt it for yourself, you'll never know whether it has a sweet smell or a nasty smell. If you don't smell it, all you'll ever wonder is which one it is. And that's almost worse, isn't it? Not knowing. Let me give that flower a nice smell. Your hand with hers, eventually goes onto the grass, gives the flower a decent whiff, and it smells like cinnamon. And as she does take that whiff, we see like uh, an expansion of this flower patch, of, of this uh, uh, patch of grass as it begins to expand and expand to the ro- rolling hills. Disaster is still on the horizon, but the landscape looking more pleasant, nicer. Actually, hear the birds chirp now. You can all feel the wind against your skin. Seems like a precious plot of land. Well, how was it? it smelled good. It was. It was nice. Thank you, Eddie. And it kind of strikes you a little bit. Think you guys ever made introductions? You're welcome. What are friends for? And kind of want to imagine a strong gust of wind that makes everyone flinch. And we leave. Guys, wake up. I'm kept on moving. Let's see. As it was midnight before, it is 8 a.m. now. The following day. Actually, just a day to be proper here. You all begin to blink awake. Dreams over. You guys are a bit stiff, especially the girls on the rock. As you guys are back at the uh, Tarrasque, uh, the skeleton. And you still see Livy hung up and crucified but in your hand eddie uh, we see something uh, very particular we have a dagger we have a unicorn horn and finally i think what we have here is just a yeah i would say like a simple leaf but it is durable it is strong it will not crumple if you clench it into your hands Feels like you guys have the materials to safely extract her, but you guys don't have the exper- uh, experience to extract her yourself. What do you all do? As uh, Eddie comes back from under the blanket, <laughs> Eddie, like, uh, calling down to the others, I, I think I, like, have everything. I mean, that's a good thing to have, if we got all of it resolved. Though, like, I think we're gonna need help for the last step, though. Unless, like, you guys have any experience with extractions and the creations of new seals. I don't, but I'm very good at learning very quickly on my feet. You see the entire time, like, the Trask uh, jaw is trying to bite at you guys, but they can't move more than an inch. 
Um, interestingly enough, my vet, uh, looking at the skeleton, you do see a weird obstruction in its ribcage. And it looks like a bundle of thorny vines. A lot of them, in fact. I will go to it. You approach the ribcage of the Tarrasque and you see this writhing mass. Um, make me a nature check and you can do this with your wisdom. Um, yeah, uh, instead of being a minus one, that would be a plus five, I believe, as your modifier for your wisdom, or is it plus four? I think it's a plus four. Let me check. It, it's fine. It's a high rule regardless. You got either 20 or 21. Um, from your intuition, uh, this these vines, the Zombrium, it doesn't seem natural to you uh, by any means of the word. What I mean to say is it does not seem to be a natural occurrence in this world. You think that this Tarrasque, when it was alive, ate something or did something oh so long ago, and this creature, this infection, is the source of it and has been spreading out from this grave ever since. I'm going to tell you that it has control over the Tarrasque. Now, there's a bit of a crossroad here, Mavet. You promised a wizard, an elder brain, this body, but is currently occupied by another source. One has to go. You're looking at this mass as it's coiled around the ribcage. Do you still have a connection with the Zombria? Do I? I remember throwing that in your court, and you, I don't remember your solid answer. I believe I had like a distant connection that it's not on my body, but I kind of feel it through Mavet 1.0. Yeah, there we go. That's what it was. You're using uh, Mavet 1.0 as a proxy. But yeah, you do feel the thump like it's a heartbeat. A heartbeat of coiled vines. With that in mind, Mavet, something has to be done. Okay. So the Zombrium, is it keeping the terrace together? It is keeping... The Trask animated this is the heart of this undead creature. Uh, can I phone a friend? Yeah, you can, buddy. You can talk to the party. This oh no, I wanted to phone Owen. Oh, phone Owen. Go right ahead. And anyone at any time is more than welcome to talk to Owen. Hey, Owen. Uh, hello there. Hi. We I have a um thing here in the Trask. It seems that. It's, um, what's keeping it animated might be some... That thing is alive? In a sense. Oh. Um, it has some, uh, Zombrium, which you may or may not be familiar with. Yes, I've called it a nasty little thing last time we spoke. Yes, it's... does vile things to the environment. So it seems to be acting as the heart of the Tarrasque. Mm. I don't want you to lose our deal what are you wanting me to do about the zombrium well you cleanse it take care of the obstruction okay can i attempt to pull apart the zombrium see if i uncover an actual heart underneath if you start uh, just to clarify treat this uh entity like it is a heart if you start to pull it apart you will be killing it Okay, so the Zombrium is the heart, not covering yes. it. The, this roiling mass, imagine like a bundle of snakes, you know, mating. That's what this looks like. Question is, what do you do about this? I will lay my hand on the Zombrium heart and let it prick me and see if I can communicate with it. Um, It pricks you, but that's not how it works, 
Remember, you have to replace a part of you and become one with it. Are you going to sully your body? The new one that was gifted to you? Eddie, can you come here? <laughs> Eddie, I need to find <laughs> another friend. <laughs> it's like a, like a Eddie hearing you just like a, like a floats down, like a, like a comes to the ground. What's up? Oh, what's this thing? Yeah, it seems what the previous version of myself had within him. I still want to protect it because I believe everything still has some good in it, but it seems to be acting as the Tarasque's part, keeping it animated. Because we are close, I wanted to see what your opinion is. I mean, like, it's been doing some pretty bad stuff, hasn't it? But even bad things can become good with care and nurture. I mean, does it want to? I mean, if you really think about it, like, everything has the potential to be good. Well, sure it does, but what if it doesn't want to do good, even if it has the potential for it? Would it then be bad to force it to do good, going against its will? I guess if you think about it, it would be bad of us to force somebody to do something they didn't want to do, whether it was good or bad, then we'd be doing the bad thing, right? Were you ever punished when you were a little sapling because you did something you wanted to do, but your your caretakers believed it was better to do something different? <laughs> I guess I was punished, but at the same time, though, I think in my heart of hearts, I knew why it was happening, though. And in the end, like, you know, they would keep, I'm sure they would keep punishing me over and over. And if I did the bad thing, but it was ultimately my choice to not do the thing that made them want to punish me to begin with. So I guess in that way, I chose to do the good thing after a while. I guess I also could have just kept doing the bad thing and kept getting punished over and over. Or just eventually escaped and did the bad stuff anyway. I guess you could say that, yeah, my parents did sort of like, I guess, try to get me to do good stuff. But then I chose to start doing the good stuff. They didn't force me. Eddie, I think I made my decision. When it comes time, I just want you to know that we'll always be close. And if this Zombrium can't be made good... Or it makes me turn bad. I want you to be the one to get rid of it. <laughs> Could you do that for me? I, mean, I wouldn't want to, but because you asked, I I guess I could do that. And then I will reach out to Eddie to shake his hand. Okay. And promise. Instead, he'll pull out his pinky. Mm-hmm. Pinky promise. Pinky promise. And then after that, um. With the opposite hand that I made the promise with, I will cut it off and take the um, take let the zombrium take host of my hand. Okay, you uh you uh take off your pinky, replace it with a little bit of uh, the thorny vine. No, I'm doing the hand. I'm oh, sorry, the hand coming off. Yeah, the whole hand. The whole hand's going off. All right. Uh, keep in mind with this disfigurement, you will be losing you know a free hand. That wasn't obvious. Yeah, I know. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. Uh, no two-handed uh, weapons, no versatile damage with quarterstaff. All right. So as you... Uh, well, I'm going to need to see the semen. How the fuck are you cutting your hand off? It's made of pure bark and wood. 
Like you grabbing a saw or what's happening here? I am going to find a rough rock and grind it down until it's just a stump. You do so. Then we'll go over to the the beating zombrium and just offer my hand towards it. Okay. Uh, you or lack thereof a hand. Yeah, yeah, and it uh, connects with you, kind of like uh, that famous painting with uh, Adam and uh, God uh, on uh, the ceiling of that one fucking church. I can't remember the name of that painting, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Touching the fingers. The creation of man. Yep. There you go. It's that kind of moment. Imagine that kind of pose, but instead of God, we see a disfigured, fucked up, like writhing mass of vines. And instead of Adam, we see a wood man, my bet, with a stump. Um, as you make contact, we're going to do a save first. Um, two saves, actually. First save is going to be a constitution save. You can choose to fail this. This is whether or not you're allowing the creature to uh, essentially take up in your body to uh, essentially be one with you i think no you you i'm this is gonna be for eddie to interpret above table i'm already kind of taken by the nexus do you think the nexus would be fighting against this uh like i don't know if like a gray caught my messages at all but uh oh sorry no i'll read it right now (laughs) that's interesting um i would actually need a contested role Um, we we will get to that. Uh, we're we're one uh, we're uh, that's one step ahead, Mega. I will keep that in mind. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. Uh, this is purely towards a mob at the person, um, whether or not is he is allowing his body to become a, a vessel for this. And I'll fail it. Okay. Then we move on to the next step, which is now going to be a contested role. Um, let's see the difference here, uh, Eddie. Remind me of all the major connections you made lately would be uh you made a connection with uh happy and uh let's see i'm trying to think of uh, other individuals who you've uh, given out to well not even just individuals but literally like uh an entire new iteration slash species of spoke genasi and then like anybody else that they partied with <laughs> okay so i i think i can fairly say like uh, off top of my head at least for this uh combat right here um i'm gonna say yeah because it's an entity and a uh group of people i'm gonna say that's 10 for the uh entity uh the group of people is gonna be five so we're gonna roll d20 plus five um this is gonna be a straight uh roll from your end uh i'm not gonna prompt you just do a roll uh for a d20 plus 15 and for my end i'm just gonna do a plus five since that was the original EC, but modifier for this. Um, we're just gonna have a small roll off here. Oh God, um, Omega, you have the floor. How, how the fuck? Not you, my bet. Um, how does this thing get destroyed? Because uh, that's an overwhelming difference in uh, scale. It is the difference between like a uh, <laughs> a king and a peasant. Actually, I think. Uh, if you would permit me, like, uh, stop me if you think, like, this wouldn't be appropriate, but I think the, how the Nexus would handle this is that just, like, as this thing attempts to, like, creep in onto something that uh, that it has, you know, like, uh, uh, made a connection with, just, like, uh, you know, like, a, like, like, you know, like, such smaller in power, just, like, but then also just, like, noticing it's, like, it's, like, a, it's, like, a, like, noticing, like, it, the power that it 
at least has on like the smaller scale just like uh when maybe even like actually tried to take advantage of it and so like uh as like it's like trying to like creep in just like the like uh, the force just like you know like starts just sort of like like a uh, burn into it but then as it's doing so like you know like like start like burning away and away at it but then because the zombrium has made a number of connections on its own albeit different sorts it actually starts to feed in on everything that it has connected to like uh, the various animals and plants of the forest like uh suddenly becoming connected <laughs> instead and co-opted but the the core of the zombrium itself like uh, being eroded and burned away mm. I kind of imagine like uh, the forest, the foliage that was once covered in vines now have a misty, smoky kind of quality to them. That works perfectly. See like uh, this heart become eroded to ash and the connections it made are taken away as Eddie has become stronger and the corpse is now clean. Uh, uh, Eddie would actually look, look to Mavet and, uh, Sorry, I kind of wasn't expecting that to happen. You were right. Maybe some things aren't just meant for good. As Mavet rubs his stump and just contemplates his thinking. Oh, the bright side. You can feel it, right? Yeah, as Mavet's looking where his hand used to be. Definitely feel something. You hear two heartbeats. Bum 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 bum. Feels nice to be part of a group. So, uh... Sorry about your hand, but I actually know a guy. Does he do um, good hand jobs? Like the best hand jobs. You actually have no idea. It's mind blowing. <laughs> I I kind of imagine this conversation happening as you guys leave, begin to walk, begin to move, and again, I want to probably end on like uh, hearing that faint heartbeat, and we're fixated on the Trask skeleton and where. The heart of the Zombrium used to be following that link, following that uh, smoke tendril, that vine. And eventually we see ourselves deep within a smoky forest. Within the foliage, within the darkness, we see two bright yellow eyes. We see a zoom up of its arm. What was once vines is now just a skin of smoke. And kind of want to imagine like a zoom up of the creature's mouth as we hear its low and grumbling voice say be fruitful and i kind of want to imagine transition to dark and we're going to end the session here this has been house common blood the intro and outro music is oh my dog by savage and any other music and sound effects used in the episode are royalty free credits can be found in the episode description please review us on whatever podcast listening app you happen to be using and if you like us tell other people word of mouth is the best way for us to grow thank you for joining us stay connected